0: Welcome to Obesity, a Disease, the official Obesity Medicine Association podcast exploring the many facets of the disease of obesity. In this episode, we'll be hearing from obesity medicine specialist Dr. Suzanne Kuda. Joining her is Dr. Dominique Williams. Dr. Williams practices with Children's Hospital and University Center in Columbus, Ohio, which specializes in weight management for children and adolescents. Dr. Williams is board certified in obesity medicine. Today, our speakers discuss trauma-informed care in the treatment of pediatric obesity. Obesity, a Disease Podcast is brought to you by the Obesity Medicine Association, the clinical leader in obesity medicine.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Suzanne Kuda, and today we're doing a podcast for the Obesity Medicine series, and I have the pleasure of talking with Dr. Dominique Williams. Let me first introduce myself. I am an obesity medicine specialist. I'm a pediatrician and an adolescent medicine specialist with training in nutritional disorders and eating disorders. And I'm currently running my own practice in San Antonio, Texas, called Alamo City Healthy Weight, Healthy Kids and Families, in which I treat both children and their parents. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Dominique Williams. And Dominique, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. First, let me
0: say thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this topic. I'm Dominique Williams. I am uh, practicing in Columbus, Ohio with Children's Hospital and University Center that specializes in weight management for children um, and adolescents age 2 to 22. I am also board certified in obesity medicine and have uh, undergrad and MPH degrees in nutrition.
1: Great. Our topic today is going to be trauma-informed care. Sometimes we we refer to this with the acronym TIC. So today we're going to start by first of all asking Dr. Williams to discuss what trauma-informed care is. So
0: trauma-informed care is asking the clinician or provider to take into consideration how a prior history of trauma has affected their patient and to use that lens when trying to consider treatment plans or set expectations for response to treatment. So it's being informed of prior trauma and then using that to inform the treatment plan so that it reflects the needs of the patient.
1: Wow. I mean, there's got to be different types of trauma and there's a lot of uh, you know, talk in the past about things like toxic stress and obesity. Of course, that gets into the realm of ACEs. Do you want to talk about that kind of thing just briefly? Sure. So if we
0: start with ACEs, that's adverse childhood experiences, it's kind of broken up into uh, three different uh, groupings. Where is it family dysfunction? Is it a matter of physical abuse or some form of neglect, Um, and what the data says is that the more ACEs you experience, the more likely you are to have some other negative health effect as you grow older into adulthood. So domestic violence, separation from a parent due to incarceration or substance abuse, those are examples. Moving to a contemporary definition of trauma, for the patients that we care for, that trauma could be teasing and bullying. At school, so weight-based teasing and bullying, um, having other forms of trauma where a parent dies unexpectedly due to trauma that is trauma. So as we then think about toxic stress, it's that repeated exposure to trauma in a way that your body doesn't really have a chance to recover. And now it's um, exposed to this over time and how that affects your development and the rest of your health.
1: Wow, so physiology is really affected by this by this repetitive traumatic exposures, and I think that's what we're really talking about here. And it's it's really something that we see in children with obesity. How are we handling that in terms of evaluating those kids as they come through the door? What's the what are what kind of treatments and, and di- diagnostic methods and treatments do we employ? So
0: the first thing is to not judge a book by its cover. So to have a patient come in and say, oh, they don't look like they've had trauma, um, that could possibly be a setup. So some recommendations are to screen our patients, all of our patients for um, history of trauma or history of ACEs. So that's one way to have a better idea of what's going on. And then second to that is understanding from the family and the patient how this trauma has affected them or how it manifests in their behaviors. Is it disrupting their sleep, disrupting their mood? Is it um, affecting their willingness to engage in physical activity or um, quite honestly, even to follow rules or to be a part of a family unit? Um, So the, the first step as they walk through the door is to screen for that. And then after screening to understand for the family, what does that look like on the day to day?
1: Okay. And I know that there's a a little um, mnemonic that we use called the four R's, Mm -hmm. which helps us remember to go through a detailed questioning process so we can kind of ferret out what's going on with the child and the family. Do you want to talk about the four R's?
0: Sure. So the four R's include realize. So realize that families can experience trauma and that They may not look like it on the outside, but the likelihood and the possibility is there. Recognize then through screening and through questioning um, the family what that trauma is and how that affects that child or that family dynamic, and then respond with reflective listening, um, with uh, affirmation of what they're saying, but also through development of the treatment plan, respond to what you're learning, and most importantly, resist re-traumatization. So asking them to repeat things over and over again, or having some form of a setup in your office where there's um, images or things that could be re-traumatizing to a family. That's the the last R that's just as important as the first three.
1: Okay. And um, do you have any comments on exactly how a provider goes about doing this? Um, So I think,
0: as I've said before, Screening. So there are some screening tools that are um, online, and especially if you're looking to screen specifically for Aces, there's a short screening survey that has uh, less than five questions. So that's one way to assess um, through recognition and respond. It's going to require some reading and and maybe possibly some training or at least collaborating with uh, other professionals in your um in your community and in the re-traumatization or resisting that that comes through talking with the family and understanding the nature um, of the trauma um, and understanding what that looks like um, for that child and it could be as simple as as loud noises or not having loud noises in the office or that's not the day that we have the party with the popping balloons things like that it could be that simple but it also could be more nuanced and complicated as having awareness of the magazines or the images that are depicted in the waiting room.
1: So we all know that there's lots of kids that have gone through horrendous things yet somehow they're, they're making it They're, You know, we see them in, in coming in for treatment for their obesity, but you know, they're, they're functioning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we call that resiliency. hmm and and how do we how do we what how should we respond to those kids
0: those that are demonstrating resilience it's um for us to understand that kids aren't a monolith right that they're not monolithic and they're going to come in different shapes and sizes with different stories so for those that are demonstrating um signs of resilience it's also to be sensitive to where they might not feel as confident or have as much resilience And, um, you know, I like to say, you know, line your pockets with confidence. So where you feel more confident and more resilient, line your pockets with that so that when you encounter something that seems um, a little more frightening or makes you feel less confident, remember that you've already done something similar or you've overcome something difficult, um, that it's possible that we can approach it with the same mindset.
1: I love that. Love your line your pockets with confidence. I love that. So I think um, it might be uh, useful to talk about a particular case that you've come across in practice.
0: Sure. So I can think of a young lady that I met when she was six years old. And on her initial visit, the priority from her caregivers wasn't so much the weight management as it was address problematic behaviors. She wasn't sleeping she was disruptive throughout the day and they didn't feel as though they could focus on anything else until they had those behaviors under control so the focus of the first parts of her treatment were really on her sleep disorder and having that adequately addressed and behavior therapy to help extinguish um, some of the more problematic behaviors that were exhausting her caregivers once we made it through that then we still had to keep peeling that onion to see that she had hyperphagia and abnormal food seeking likely related to some yet to be diagnosed ADD, but also related to prior history of food insecurity and neglect, Um, and that for her young age, she didn't yet have all the words to say how this trauma was affecting her. So we kind of went in backwards order, started with behavior therapy as prioritized by the family. Next, move on to more problematic behaviors, but that being food seeking, a series of collaborations with psychiatry and with our team to identify the right medication. And then from there, again, we lined our pockets with confidence to say, okay, we can make more concerted changes to what she's eating or our expectations of her feelings of satiety. And she never had any apprehension to movement um, ever. So that was the easy part that kept lining our pockets. At least we don't have to worry that she's not going to go outside she it was more can i keep her from eloping <laughs> from where we are so well
1: that's a great case and i think it does really illustrate how our patients come in with pre-existing issues that really we have to deal with sometimes before we directly you know address their obesity management mm-hmm really like to thank you, Dr. Mm-hmm. Williams, for the time you spent with me today. This has been an awesome discussion of something that's so important. And uh, for those listening, we will include, include in the references some of the resources that were mentioned in this podcast. So if you're looking for those screening tools and other references for this, um, just check it out there. Thank you very much. Thanks again for having me.